This episode of Criminal Domain is brought to you by Norton LifeLock. I'm talking about all my photos, all my media files, terabytes of stuff, and the file extensions had been renamed to something unrecognisable. And uh, basically, I was uh, left with a text file to uh, tell me how to get in touch with the people who were responsible for doing this to me. Welcome to Criminal Domain with thanks to our sponsor, Norton LifeLock. I'm Mark Pesci. And I'm Claire Ed. One of the scariest things about cybercrime is that it knows no borders, no boundaries. If you're on the internet, you're a target. And often it's not clear why you've been singled out. Sometimes the criminals want to steal your computer's processing power. They might use it to attack another computer network. Other times they want your data or they want control over your data. Which is extremely valuable. Some of these cyber criminals are figuring out how to kidnap it. And if they do, the question is, do you negotiate with the kidnapper? Claire, let me introduce you to the victim. Hi, I'm Glenn. I'm the tech reviewer at Newstalk ZB, and today is an exciting day. Glenn Hart from ZB is with me now, and we are talking some tech stuff this morning. Because Glenn's been working on New Zealand's number one breakfast radio show for about 10 years. He's tech savvy. I'm a reasonably techy kind of a guy. I actually do tech gadget reviews for the Newstalk ZB website. Now imagine someone coming along the street and just kidnapping one of your kids. This is kind of like the virtual version of that. And they left a ransom note behind. In fact, they actually left a few thousand ransom notes. Oh my gosh, that is so freaky. So how did this happen? Innocently enough, it started with his kids. Back in November of 2018, I was trying to find some unlocked codes for one of my kids. So what does that mean, Mark? Back in the early days of video gaming, let's say when you are playing the Super Nintendo, you might be able to type in left, left, right, left, 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 right, left, 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 right, and then it would unlock some special feature. That's a cheat code. So Glenn is on the internet trying to find one of these codes for his daughter. Exactly. And he finds what he's looking for, or at least he thinks he does. I downloaded a file, I opened it, and my computer started shutting down. Everything stopped working and I couldn't access anything uh, before I even uh, knew what was happening. Somehow ransomware had opened on my computer and basically encrypted all my media files and basically anything else that was useful on the computer. So the files are erased? Encrypted. Basically, they're encased in a sort of virtual carbonite, just like Han Solo at the end of Empire Strikes Back. They're there. They're kind of alive. They're useless. You can't really even tell which file is which. I didn't really know what more to do. Every file has been rewritten to have a ransom note on it built into the file name. So how does that work? So as the ransomware was actually going through and encrypting all of the files, it was changing all of the file names as they encrypted them to a ransom note, which basically said, if you want to get your files back, email me at this address. He must have been so upset. You would just feel so violated. Mark, how much personal stuff was actually on that computer? Well, pretty much his entire digital life and his wife's and his daughter's it's the family computer. It's got everything on it. So yes, Glenn is now very keen to get the data back. 
Well, it was partly due to a threat of divorce from my wife. We had baby photos on there, our wedding photos, special events, birthdays. It was actually quite emotionally crushing to not have access to any of that stuff, let alone the fact that I've got a daughter who can't play her games and I can't play any of my music. So, yeah, I was pretty desperate to see if we can get it back. But unfortunately, the more I researched what had happened to me, the more I discovered that there was probably no uh, remedy and no way of uh, getting my files back except maybe an outside chance of paying the ransom and then sending me the program to unencrypt. So how difficult was this encryption? Well, it's not really just something that you can have a go at to see if you can crack it. There is a specific piece of code, it's known as a key, that's used to encrypt this data. And it's essentially impossible to guess that key, or maybe if you had a billion years, you could guess it. And you can't decrypt any of these files unless you have the key that they were encrypted with. I contacted our local authorities here who are in charge of, you know, who you're supposed to notify when this kind of thing happens to you. They didn't have any more suggestions other than what I'd already tried. So he now really only has one choice. Yep. I decided to contact them and ask them how much the ransom would be as, as an opening shot. So how do you negotiate, and I mean, should you even negotiate with kidnappers? These are really great questions, Claire, and we will answer them right after the break. Criminal Domain is brought to you by Norton LifeLock. As we've discovered, your phone, your tablet, your computer when you log on to Wi-Fi, your car, these devices and their access to the internet leave you susceptible to cybercrime. We decided to sit down with Dean Williams from the Norton LifeLock product team to ask him some questions about the topics that we're covering. How vulnerable are we to an attack if I don't use a VPN? Very. So what cyber criminals do, they use software, apply it to the Wi-Fi connection, eavesdrop and pull that information down. So how does a VPN protect that? It uses encryption technology to take everything that you're sending and receiving off the internet and it scrambles it. What happens if I don't use a VPN? You know, how insecure is my data and my devices? Are they sitting up at night worrying? <laughs> if I was you, I would be sitting up worrying about it at night. I don't think your personal information has got any feelings. Leaving that personal information around is like leaving the keys to your house around. Yep. It's only a matter of time before someone picks it up, except in this case, they're picking up the keys to your personal identity. Mm -hmm. Our VPN uses bank-grade encryption. It's a no-log service, so even our servers aren't collecting any telemetry about your online behaviour. With one click, you have the freedom to browse anonymously online. Dean, thanks for sharing all this information with us. Maybe just before we go, what's your big tip for how to stay safe when using your computer or your devices? Yeah, my pleasure. If you receive a phishing email or a text message and it doesn't look right, don't click on the attachment or contact that organization directly. The biggest tip is to make sure you use a premium comprehensive security solution. Make sure you're using a premium comprehensive security solution and visit au.norton.com forward slash 360 to discover how Norton 360 can protect you online. Welcome back to Criminal Domain. So when we left off, Glenn's cyber kidnappers had encrypted his computer's data. That's everything from songs to his kids' baby photos. And it happened because he'd been trying to download some game cheat codes for his daughter. It's a cautionary tale because you end up in some of the more dodgier places when you're trying to cheat at games, basically. And his wife wanted Glenn to get 
all their data back. Yeah, basically under threat of divorce. Well, I can imagine that she's probably just scared and confused and she thinks, well, Glenn's tech savvy, so she thinks that he can just negotiate with the kidnappers and, and fix the problem. So he sent them an email? Well, these guys are not going to have a phone number. I mean, what is it? 1-800-KIDNAPPERS? No, no, no. And Glenn is savvy enough to take precautions. So first he creates a new email account. This was all through basically an email account I'd set up just to do this. Now, second... I basically said, well, how do I know that you can decrypt those files? They uh, email back saying, well, if you send us one of the encrypted files, we'll, we'll decrypt it for you. Uh, luckily, my photos were organised into folders organised by date. And so I figured, well, if I took a photo from uh, the day my daughter was born, even though I couldn't see what the photo was, maybe it's a photo of a newborn baby and I can uh, convince them to have a little bit of sympathy on, uh, on me. So I randomly picked a file from that date and sent it to them and sure enough, uh, they sent it back. Now, bearing in mind, they, they are obviously on, in another place in the, in the world in different time zones. So each time I'm communicating with these people, there's you know, at least a 12-hour wait to hear back from them and, and me not knowing if I'm going to hear back to them and that's another sleepless night. But yep, sure enough, they sent back the photo decrypted and it was perfect. It was literally a photo of my wife holding my newborn daughter. So at that point, I thought they don't know who I am, really. I may as well try and negotiate this ransom down if I can and, and see if I can get it to a place where I feel like it's worth the risk. Mark, should Glenn actually be dealing with the kidnappers like this? You know, this is a really good question, Claire, and I wasn't actually sure myself. This is a gray area because you're dealing with criminals. And so to learn how to think about this, I actually spoke with writer and analyst Josh Salonis. This is Josh Salonis, principal analyst at Forrester. Well, the first thing you need to do is figure out, can I get my information back without paying this person who's holding my data hostage? And to get the next step farther and say, how important is this information to me? We do often hear that you don't pay ransom, right? Where did that come from? People don't want you to pay a ransom because it's encouraging the criminal marketplace. Mm -hmm. the, the criminals know that if they stop getting money from this particular attack, then they're going to have to find a different way to make money. And then hopefully they go away and do something that's going to be less impactful. This is actually a business for these people that they go and, you know, much like a kidnapping situation, that they're going to hold your, in this case, loved ones in JPEG form hostage unless you pay them. We'd recommend a third party actually engage and do this, quote, hostage negotiation uh, and do things like establish proof of life and whatnot. They are demonstrating that they're able to fulfill their uh, promise, if you will, that they will decrypt the files or that they even have the capability to decrypt the files if you pay them. Now, in this case, this individual actually started to negotiate the payment. Is that something that is also reasonable to do? In other words, he was talking the payment down. Absolutely. So there's a few different tactics that you can leverage here. One is the amount of money that you have. Now, the adversary is approaching this as a business deal. And frequently they would be willing, as long as you're polite with them. And, and here's something important to keep in mind is, you know, it's a business deal for them. So if you are rude and 
treat them poorly, as angry and upset as you may be, they will treat you similarly. So you can negotiate for a particular system or particular files. So let's say that they have encrypted all the files on your hard drive, but you really only care about the files in this one directory. I wouldn't go at them immediately and let them know that that's what's critical to you. But perhaps what you can do is you can negotiate a tiered payment strategy. And they came back to say it would be $500 US, which, you know, is, it's, it's not an insignificant amount of money. And it seems like a lot of money to pay if you don't actually know they're definitely going to be able to help you out at the end of it. You have to have a strategy for how you're going to accomplish your objective or you will lose. So Josh says that you can negotiate as long as you follow some basic rules and you don't get emotional about it. How did Glenn go with all that? Well, he actually did figure that he was in a negotiation. So he played the game and he immediately started to plead poverty. I claimed I couldn't afford the ransom that they were asking, mm. that these photos were, you know, very important. Um, my wife's very distressed. I'm going to have to, you know, borrow money to pay it. You know, all that, all that kind of thing. You know, some of that other stuff wasn't necessarily true. I had to at least see if, if they were willing to talk turkey. Wait, what is this talking turkey business, Mark? It must be an American idiom. It means that you're really going to cut the crap and then do the deal. It was all just part of the process to see if these are real people. So, yeah, eventually, uh, a couple of emails later, actually got that ransom down to 300 uh, US and I decided okay let's give it a go. Okay so you're happy with the price how do you actually pay a ransom? It's not like you can use PayPal right? These people don't want to be found. Yep and that means you're probably using a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. They gave me a link to three different cryptocurrency exchanges and the only thing I've ever heard about cryptocurrency is well nothing good. So I yeah, basically then had to go to school and figure out how you actually set up a, a payment via a Bitcoin exchange uh, to this uh, you know, anonymous string of numbers and then hope that they actually receive something at, at, at the end of it and then we'll follow through. It's a very, very complicated process. Is Bitcoin actually untraceable though? Is he risking anything here? So this is actually one of the biggest misconceptions about cryptocurrencies because cryptocurrencies are not actually anonymous. They're pseudonymous. People always leave a data trail behind them when they trade in cryptocurrencies. And cops have been able to use that data trail to trace cryptocurrency transactions for half a decade, maybe a little bit more. Now, it's a lot of trouble, so they rarely do it. It's generally only if it's being used to maybe finance terrorism or trafficking in children, that sort of very, very important thing. They wouldn't bother in a case like this because the amounts are, are too small. And of course, there's always the belief that if you pay the ransom, you're going to get your files back. But that's no guarantee. Every time I'm communicating with these people, it's, you know, sometimes days in between communications. But finally they said that they'd received the payment and they they sent me a decryptor tool. So uh, I did that and it didn't work. Oh no, poor Glenn. Yeah. And so, and you know, and that is just 
soul crushing. Yep. It's the worst of all possible worlds. Dishonest thieves. You've gone through all this, all this grief and stress and then you use it and it, it, it doesn't identify any encrypted files. doesn't work. So I contacted them again. Your tool doesn't work. Thinking, oh, they're going to ask for more money or something. But as it turned out, they sent me a second tool, which um, a, a, like a, a version two of the decrypted tool. And it yeah, went through and took the weird file extension off all those files. I could then access them, but uh, the file names were still all changed. So he has his files back though, right? Yes, but... All of the files lost their original names. They were wiped out by the encryption tool when it was actually ransoming all of the files. And so Glenn's computer, it had thousands of files on it, maybe tens of thousands of files. I spent dozens of, if not hundreds of hours on this. Eventually I was able to see my photos again, which was just an immense, immense relief. Makes me so happy, but Here's what I think you would say at the end of this kind of story, Mark. Go for it. You can't be too careful when you're downloading stuff off the internet because the internet is the best and also the absolute worst of humanity. How did I go? And that's the end of the story. Thanks for Glenn and Josh for sharing and to our sponsor, Norton Lifelock. Next episode on Criminal Domain. I gained enough intelligence in relation to these people to build a very good picture of, of, the, of the group and their associates. I had a behind-the-scenes look at, at their activity. How to infiltrate a cyber criminal network trading stolen identities. Just makes you feel very vulnerable that there are people out there that know more about you than you will ever know about them. Until now. That's next episode of Criminal Domain. Criminal Domain is...